You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to the Grey Cup champion Montreal Alouettes. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on X at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on X at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code OWLS Flight Deck 10 at checkout, you use you will save 10% off on the entire order. So go over to sportbuffshop.com, use the code, save 10%, buy some of their nice and amazing Grey Cup Championship merchandise, and support local. And as always, the Alouette's Flight Deck is all over the World Wide Web and social media. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our archive of our seven-plus years on the air, so to speak, over at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. Make sure you follow the show on X at Alouettes FL Deck. You can find us on Instagram at Alouettes Flight Deck. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Alouettes Flight Deck Pod. Uh, make sure you also check out the YouTube page uh, where you f- will find all of our Flight Deck live episodes as well as audio versions of the show at youtube.com slash Alouettes Flight Deck. And last but certainly not least, if you want to show some love to the podcast, make sure you check out our merch store over at www.flightdeckgear.ca. And yes, we are on Blue Sky if you're into that sort of thing. Make sure you <laughs> check out uh, Tim at Repact, myself at Cliffy D, and the show at alouettesfldeck.bsky.social, I think it is. Uh, but in any I, event, you can find us there. Yeah, yeah, I think you can just do a search from our our, our, our ex in our X profiles and it's so it's like it's like trying to make fetch a thing blue sky a thing I, I think so. I think it's more popular than threads I think from what I'm seeing uh, uh, you know you know what it's it's kind of like you know which generic brand of chips or soda or whatever snacks you like RC which Cola. better like RC Cola or Jolt or uh, <laughs> oh, or Jolt, there's, Oh, there's one. Uh, you know what, Fago. You know what, I'm actually a big Fago. fan of. I don't drink a lot of soda, but Fago, which is you know all, all of our Detroit people know exactly what I'm talking about. That that's the good stuff right there. Like it, if if you have to drink soda, that would be the one to drink. But in isn't any that, event, go ahead. Yeah, what, what what was what was your road? trip go to when we were traveling all this all this season just in the latter half it wasn't fago what were you drinking it was fanta weren't you drinking fanta no fresca oh it's fresca there's another f what the f man (laughs) (laughs) fago fanta fresca what the hell what what the f's (laughs) yeah what the f's exactly uh um Look, there is still some stuff to talk about for the Alouettes. Uh, still within our celebration mode, obviously, and uh, we're kind of continuing what we had last week with our chat with uh, uh, local me- with media talking about the Alouettes, and we're w- happy to welcome back uh, 
from TSN and the CFL on TSN panel and former Alouette, David Sanchez. And we'll be getting with that uh, into that conversation in a couple of minutes. And yeah, there I'm waiting for this one, dude. I can't wait. <laughs> I think it's like our fourth time having Davis on. So I can't wait to have him back on. Uh, Davis always brings the fire. You know, he's just so damn entertaining and we're, we're so happy to be able to have the chance to talk to him. And uh, yeah, you you know when you see David Sanchez on the marquee, so to speak, you know you folks are in for a good time, and I don't think this will be any different. Yeah. So as we mentioned, that there is still, even though not much news coming out from the Alouettes, um, you know there still hasn't been a date made public yet for the uh, for the yearly locker room sale and stuff like that. But that, we're hoping that's going to come soon too. Um, but uh, there were a couple of great cups. Grey Cup celebrations. Uh, one was at the Bell Center this past week, and they always, you know what? It's funny, dude. Uh, I, I try. I was go back to you know the last ones that they had. And it always seems to be a tradition that the that the Habs always seem to have a game right after the Owls win the Grey Cup, and mm-hmm. they always invite them, which which I love, which I really really love. Yeah. Um, and they did just that this time around, and. You know, I think I swear there were more players this time around. They got more of an ovation. Uh, you know, the it, it just was pure a pure love fest for the Alouettes when they were bringing out the uh, when they were bringing out the Grey Cup. And by the way, it wasn't Dequa who brought out the Grey Cup this time around. It was Christian Matt. It's like that's that's nice yeah, having the vet bring it out for uh, you know bring out to, onto the ice for uh, for all the fans to see at the, the Bell Center. That was pretty cool. Yeah, considering Christian was no doubt a part of the celebration 13 years ago. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that is so great. And it's funny because usually you see it within a couple of days after winning the Grey Cup. But lo and behold, the Canadians were on their West Coast trip and didn't get back to the Bell Centre until this past Saturday, which is when they had the uh, the celebration. I think the only thing that could have made this better, and again, you, it would have had been complete dumb luck as a result. <laughs> It's too bad the Habs were not playing the Jets because that would just would have been too funny to oh, see had, had Montreal, Winnipeg again for this. <laughs> that would have uh, been amazing. But they got to see a good game. Even though the Owls lost, uh, excuse me, the Owls, even though the Habs lost to the uh, Red Wings, it, it was still a very good game. So, I mean, a comeback and, they, you know, they lost in a shootout, I think they did. But uh, mm-hmm. but still, it was all seeing all the guys shooting stuff on, on social and, and seeing the reactions and uh it, it was cool i mean there were a lot of players there there really were a lot of players that, that were out on the ice yeah i mean you didn't have the full team uh, obviously because a lot of the the players have gone home back to their respective homes and such but yeah there was still a, still a great turnout still quite a few guys that are truly soaking in all of this they, they, they're still still here in montreal still enjoying this gonna ride ride this pony down to the ground like just until the wheels fall off, as they say. Mm-hmm. So, and why the hell wouldn't you? You know, like yeah. this may be the only time you win a championship. So, yeah, enjoy the hell out of it. Celebrate it. Do do what you got to do to you know really embrace that championship. You know, all, all the all the the joy and the splendor that goes with being a champion. Soak it up. Absolutely, I'm I'm, I'm all for that. You you do you do you you live your best life. You know that that. That's what it's all about, folks. I mean, you win a championship. I, I won't say you get to do whatever the hell you want, but I mean, you you definitely <laughs> embrace that that feeling of yes, I'm a winner, I'm a champion, and I'm going to celebrate. It, yeah, it, exactly. Um, 
I'm waiting for them to do a tour. I remember, remember the tour that they did back in, I think it was 09 and 10 with the, with the Grey Cup itself. I mean, I know we've had had our, our luck so far with them having that at the casino and stuff like that. And I'm curious to know if they're going to bring it elsewhere once the, you know, each player gets their own day with it, so to speak. You know, if they can wrestle it away from Tyson Philippot, which if you happen to listen to the DSN, to the DSN interview a few days ago, he's already, you know, he's had it. He's, he's taken it to bed a couple of times already. So, I mean, we got, they got to steal it back from Tyson. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't decided to put more Putsin inside the helmet and, or just eat all of his meals out of it. Something, something. Uh, also, besides the... Uh, uh, the ovation that they got at the Bell Center. Uh, they were also invited to the National Assembly in Quebec City. Uh, I guess to get the, they got to get the politicians there. Their, their, you know, <laughs> I guess got to give them their photo op. Politicians a photo op. What a novel surprise. Uh, what a novel idea. Uh, but yes, they brought to Quebec City uh, Quebec Premier uh, Francois Legault and uh there were quite a few people pkp went up there and there are actually some other some some players i think cliff that you'd mentioned that i was very surprised that were there that i didn't even know that had gone to quebec city for this uh i guess proclamation day yeah recognized uh, reggie stubblefield right away tyson philpot uh uh there's a couple other uh i think pretty much pretty much the same group of people that were at the canadians game last Saturday, I think they made the trip to, to Quebec city for this. And you would expect to see all the, all the Quebecois players there. And sure enough, they were, cause of course mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is their chance to sort of have their moment in the sun, uh, in their, their homeland, so to speak. But it, it was hilarious to see, you, you see Reggie just kind of looking around, just taking it all in and he's, <laughs> he's loving it. Like, I, I'm sure he, he doesn't understand a word that's being said. I, I, Again, his. If you look at his Instagram, like he posts a lot in French, and I'm pretty sure it's it's got to be Google translated. I mean, I, if he's learning French, good on him. I, and yeah. I, I think that's amazing. It's just going to further endear himself to, you know, Alouette's nation. But I mean, I, I don't know truly how much of it he he understood and what it meant and all that. But you could tell he he was just taking it all in. As I said, it's part of that whole championship experience, if you will. And I'm sure. You know, he got clued into like how important the National Assembly is to Quebec and all that. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure, like you know, when when he, when he does decide to go back home to Texas, he's going to have so many great stories to tell, and people are just going to be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And it, it truly is. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's it. Is that they are they're taking the, the advantage, just advantage, advantage in time to to just uh, again take it all in. I have to go back and check some of the socials because I. I forget to check Instagram when it comes to watching what some of these guys are doing. They usually don't pop up into my stories or whatnot or in the Insta stories. So I need to go and check that out. So some of that stuff. Um, and, and speaking of things that will last a lifetime, and I think you mentioned this to me off air, and I was like, really? I had not heard about this. Uh, supposedly some players went out and got tagged. Is that right, Cliff? <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, this would be... Uh... Uh, thanks to our, our friend of the show, Coach Phil from Coach Phil Reacts, uh, he actually had uh, Reggie on to to sit and talk. And sure enough, they were at the tattoo parlor. Both uh, he and Tyrese Beverett were at the tattoo parlor getting some ink done, and uh, it was all you know celebratory. As far as I, I guess the tattoos that were being done were in celebration of this Grey Cup win. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see too much of what was being done, but. 
they had said that this was in honor of of the Grey Cup. So, I mean, there's, I'm, that's what the significance is, which is awesome. So, yeah, something else that people tend to do is, you know, they, they you win a championship, you, you go get a tattoo. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what uh, Reggie and Tyrese were doing. It's it's better than going, and you and I have seen this, and I'm sure it's been on social media. It's better than actually getting the tattoo first that says, you know, Super Bowl, Grey Cup champions for X team, and then not winning it. and Not winning it. Like, <laughs> at all. Like, And, you know, I, I'm not a huge believer in, like, sports karma like that. Like, I mean, I don't think that's the reason why a certain team doesn't go on to win the championship. But you know what? If, if you're going to make the commitment to get a tattoo – Wait until the team wins the damn thing first. <laughs> the tattoo parlors aren't going anywhere, folks. They're not. People, we're not running out of ink. You don't have to rush to be the first. And and, and like, otherwise, you just look goofy as hell. Like when you like people get like Dallas Cowboys, you know, you know, Super Bowl champion tattoos from like two, three years ago when they were in the playoffs. Like, no, no, let them win it first. You know, yeah, they're they're nice tats, but yeah, I agree. Wait. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, who is it? It's like, uh, it's Bruce like getting, one of the, getting one of those tattoos that says no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too. Make sure you spell it properly. Yeah. God, God forbid someone goes gets a Grey Cup champion tattoo and it says G-R-A-Y. I was just about to say the exact same thing. Oh, yes. my God. That, that awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, there's your life lesson, folks. If you're going to get a tattoo, make sure you proofread. Don't try. Don't trust the artist because you just don't. Just do your research. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. We, we've seen uh, some doozies. Life, on life media. lessons from the Alice Flight Deck. Oh man. Um. So I I can only imagine what what else is going to happen. I mean, we're 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 into that period now where you know we're coming up on the time where we're probably about within we think about anywhere between seven to ten days before the before the schedule is going to be released. Um, you know, we talked about last week how with the, uh, with us almost guaranteeing that the Alouettes will have, you know, Labor Day weekend off because of the, uh, of Touchdown Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there will be more news coming out. And, you know, it's funny, you know, we, we always joke, and we, I think we joked in the early years, Cliff, is that, you know, we were, we would always do the show on a Tuesday. And then the big news would come out on the Wednesday, and then we really had to wait. By the time we do the show, it it you know the news cycles basically almost run its end. Right. Well, well, we were actually lucky, and and you know before I I, I actually preface this, and we talk about this comment, um, we we kind of, I think if we were to look into the past, Cliff, just slightly, maybe by about a week. You know, uh, you know, maybe last week's episode with Sean Campbell. Oh, somewhere around the fifteen-minute and forty-second mark. Oh, what's that? I'm, 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 I'm hearing from the producer. Yes, producer Tim. Oh, okay. Uh, here's a little audio snippet from last week's show. By the way, and and this is just me thinking, just based on what happened this year, and we do understand that Cody was signed to a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. I would not be, and this is just me. I don't. I, there's no insider information. I would not be surprised if they give Cody an extension for another year. Would not be surprised, depending on it, who, who they bring back, and it's it will be on the cap for next year and da, 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 for 2025. I would not be surprised. So 
why would producer Tim put that into 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 our ear holes? Well, today it was teased around wow, nine. Nine o'clock, they put these big three sevens up on this on social media. So something coming at eleven o'clock. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't even think about it. And lo and behold, at seven at, at eleven o'clock, we find out that our number seven, Cody Fajardo, as we predicted last week, <laughs> or assumed. Hold on a second. I gotta take take. I gotta stop patting myself on the back. I was gonna say um, you're, you're doing your best Barry Horowitz impression. My, here. my arm, my arm's hurting me. I'm getting a little <laughs> bit of a tennis elbow doing that. Um, Cody Fajardo is extended through 2025, mm-hmm. and it's something. And I know we were musing about it last week, but I think that it is obviously well deserved. Kind of. <laughs> Kind of, it doesn't give me these vibes, but it just kind of reminds me of a similar type of thing with uh, with Joe Flacco after the Ravens won their Super Bowl that he was assigned to a huge extension, um, way back when, whenever the hell it was. I'm, I'm dating myself just by, just by Joe Joe Flacco in Baltimore winning the Super Bowl, um, but yeah, <laughs> just the look on your face. You, <laughs> you know, you know who Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl against, right? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, and it wasn't a slight. It, I didn't do it just to be a slight. I promise you. No, I, don't, I, 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 I see where you're going with this, and that's. I fine. promise you. So, but yeah, to to have the the extension like that, considering what Cody's gone through, well deserved. And as I amused last week, is that maybe he's getting a little bit more uh, that's guaranteed because he will be in his third and fourth years of of Alouette's contract. So we'll we'll never know. Unless you know, with some of, some of the guys, you know, like uh, like Dunk or uh, or Farhan or or you know Dave Naylor, tell us what he's going to be making, or maybe a local reporter here in Montreal. But well deserved. I mean, was it was it really a surprise to you when you saw this? I mean, I don't know what you thought when you first saw the the social media post. I don't know if it rang a bell to me. I was thinking something else. Um, but any would, no surprise at all for you that Cody gets this extension. Uh, not in the sense that, yeah, we kind of expect that, yeah, once, uh, once the guy brings a great cup to the city, then you kind of want to keep him around. And I think that's the general consensus is try to keep the band together as much as possible. And even though Cody was already under contract, I guess this was just another way to sort of say thank you for doing what you did. And yeah, without question, he definitely earned the extension. Uh, it's definitely... Exciting to see that, you know, the Alouettes believe in Cody as, as much as he believed in himself. Uh, he definitely proved he was worth it. I mean, uh, we, we talked about his play all, all season, and when he's good, he's really good. But when he's bad, he's bad. But as we call him, we've been calling him all year, he's consistently consistent Cody. But, man, he, he came alive at the right time. This team got hot at the right time, but Cody – truly truly got it together and became the leader of men he became the guy like he 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 i'm i'm reluctant to put him up there with the great alouette's quarterbacks it's still too soon but he definitely made the case and he definitely showed that he definitely deserves our trust and our admiration as well as far as for what he's been able to accomplish this year and if this means that this is all part of the plan to help run it back, as they say, with the Alouettes. I'm all for it. I, I'm. It's. 
a mo- uh, when it came to the the free agency moves that have to be made, this wasn't one of them no. per se. But I guess maybe having that reassurance, knowing that Cody is still going to be here, still working with Coach Moss, still leading this team because these guys believe in Cody, especially after his very passionate, fiery pregame speech before the Grey Cup. I mean, he became their guy. Like the, to me, that's what galvanized this team truly going into that Grey Cup match was Cody basically standing up and saying, I've got your back. You got to have mine. We're going to do this thing. And he spoke it to it in existence. And and to me, that's that's fantastic. And that's exactly what this team needs. And I, I'm definitely glad to see that Cody's going to be sticking around. And if this also leads to him getting guaranteed money and help really truly setting roots and being a part of this organization and a part of this, this city for years to come. To me, that that's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. FYJW, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's funny because he, you, you, I remember hearing the love he had for Saskatchewan, the, how he wanted to really make that his plate. Like, and that's the thing. I feel like Cody's been trying to find home. And maybe he thought he had it in Saskatchewan, but then when things went south the way they did and they basically ran him out of town on a rail, I, I think he, that was something he'd really truly been searching for. And it appears now he's definitely found it here in Montreal. And that's great. I, 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 if that's truly how he feels, if he feels like he belongs here, mm-hmm. to me, that's just going to make him play better. That's going to make him truly make him that leader of men that we've talked about. And I, I, I don't see any bad in this move. I don't see anything negative. I don't. I have nothing negative to say about this. I, I think this is definitely a move that is just going to further strengthen this team over the next couple of years. And it also goes to what you were mentioning last week too. Is now let's see what happens with the when, because this one one surprising domino was fallen. Even though we we knew we, we felt it was I felt it was necessary to to occur. Let's see what happens with the rest of these uh, free agents. Because depending on how this how this contract was structured, depending you know what you brought that up last week. So it, it, I know free agency only starts in February, but. Oh, it, it started already. Let's, let's oh, not kid yeah. ourselves. I, I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind, Danny Machocha has been starting to lay down the groundwork to see who he can bring back. And, you know, as good as it is that he was able to get Fajardo extended and, you know, make sure that he's definitely staying put without any question. Now it's, now it's time to focus on some of the other prize names and making those tough decisions on who to keep and who he may have no choice but to let walk in free agency because truthfully there's a lot of guys that I don't think are not, they're not going to be taking hometown discounts and winning a great cup is awesome. There's no question about that. It's, it's a great thing for them to add to their resume, but they may be at the point. Okay. I got my championship. Now I need to get paid. You know, like yeah, I, a, home, a hometown discount is some guys can afford to do that. Not many can. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not expecting anything massive before the new year, but I mean, this, as far as I'm concerned, this is the time. Like, start laying down the groundwork, start making your plans, and figuring out, you know, essentially who you want to, who you're not going to be able to bring everybody back, but figure out who you truly, truly need to bring back, and, and get pen to paper. Simple as that. Yeah. Um... Plus, I think this one thing that we also keep forgetting and talking about too, when we talk about this type of stuff here, Cliff, is uh, 
you know, the salary cap based on what they, with the CBA, there will be an increase to the salary cap. And I think mm-hmm. 2024 is at uh, 5.585 million. Mm-hmm. So, and it also does an increase to the minimum salaries. Yep. So, you know, I think it was 70, it was up to 70 in 2023, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I, I don't think it goes up in 2024, but still, um, you know, it's still an extra bit of money. That's the thing. So, well, every little bit helps. And as I said, uh, some of the guys that were brought in, like the Sean Lemons and the Darnell Sankeys, were brought in on prorated contracts. But if, if the Alouettes want to keep those guys, for example, you're going to have to come up with some true terms. And again, they're going to want to be paid as well. If you if you want to retain their services, it will not come cheap. And once again, you may have, be forced to make a difficult decision as to can you bring both back or do you just bring one back or do you even say – Listen, thanks for your services. We appreciate you helping us get the great cup, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we you, you may have priced yourself out of this market. Yeah. By the way, we keep we keep talking about this too. Is that you know free agency and da 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 da. I would love to see the process of what uh, the, the design process of what the great cup rings are going to look like. I re- I really am curious because you know you have to go you have to go back into the wayback machine on on uh, on Google to to see what the the last great cup uh, rings used to look like. So I can only imagine what these are going to look like. I can't wait for that too. So yeah, that's, I, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be beautiful because let's face it, the past few great cup rings have been really outstanding, and I, I yeah. fully expect and. Let's not forget. Remember seeing that for the first time you saw the 2009 Grey Cup ring? Mm-hmm. How blinged out it was! Like, oh I god, just, yes. And it was it, the it back was, to back. Well, oh yeah, no. In 2010 was the back to back one too. So yep, that one too. That had a great design and incorporated and really sold the fact that it was a back to back championship. But that first, like the, the with the Montreal splayed out like that and just all the ice on it and everything, it was just a thing of beauty. And I have no doubt in my mind that. Whatever the final design will be is going to be amazing, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see who's going to be involved in that process and what you you know how the teams always seem to have like little significant things here and there, and I'm sure Coach Moss will be inputting a lot of the uh, the one percent the one percent will be in there. I'm sure it'll be be in there. The great eight. I mean, oh, great eight. Yep. There's going to be all kinds of symbolism there. I'm sure of it. I mean, whether they engrave it underneath the ring itself or somehow incorporate it into the the sides of the ring, I there mean, will be at least eight of a certain a certain type of of gem. Eight of them to <clears throat> symbolize the eight the eight gray cups for sure. I, for I, sure, I, I I would not be surprised. I no matter what. I mean, you'll see the logo. You'll see the gray cup itself. I I'm fairly confident of those things. I mean, there's. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun, and yeah, it, it almost sucks that we have to wait till essentially <laughs> late May, early June to see it. I know. Um, we we teased it before. We're going to uh, be talking with uh, uh, CFL and TSN and former Alouette, a great former Alouette Grey Cup champion too, uh, mm-hmm. uh, David Sanchez. Uh, we're going to bring him in here. Talk about uh, talk about the Alouettes, the Great Cup, and I'm sure a, a lot, lot more. So, without further ado, let's let's chat with uh, David Sanchez. Ladies and gentlemen, we are always excited when this gentleman joins us here on the Alouettes Flight Deck. Uh, you know him as uh, one of the many fantastic analysts on the CFL on TSN. Alouettes Nation knows him as a 2009 Great Cup champion. 
Uh, it is once again our honor and privilege to have the one and only Davis Sanchez joining us. Davis, welcome back yet again to the flight deck. It is my it is my pleasure, my pleasure to be here. Yes, uh, mo- most importantly known as uh, Grey Cup Alouette Grey Cup champion, especially especially these days that carry that's carrying some weight these days. So I'm uh, I'm honored to be in that in that brotherhood. Well, there you go. You talk about, uh, like, you know what it's like to win a great cup with the Alouettes. There's a whole bunch of guys here right now that are just learning how amazing it is for the first time. I mean, how how exciting, how excited are you for these guys as they experience the joys of knowing that, yes, I am a great cup champion and a Montreal Alouette at the same time? Yeah, I, I've always said that one thing about playing in Montreal is that the city is uh, is, is a city that, that loves what's theirs. And, and you know, it's uh, I, I felt always felt like from my first day there that if you were, you know, an Alouette, that the the city and the province kind of took you as one of theirs, and that was kind of uh, it's different than other places I played. You know, it was uh, so I, I just thought it was, that was special. So uh, I could imagine these guys are having a blast, and I see them on on social media, and uh, and I uh, yeah, I, it brings me back to some some days back in '09, and and. Uh, uh, yeah, good. I'm just it's I'm happy for everybody and, and, and the organization as well. Just happy that uh, what was going on to be able to kind of turn it around and get things stable again. And then to have this ending is quite the, quite the shocker, but a good story for a, a province that deserves good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember because uh, 2009 feels like a lifetime ago now, but uh, when uh, typically the Montreal Canadiens invite the Alouettes to come and celebrate the Great Cup championship, were you? part of the team or, or did you go to that when uh in 2009 yeah. did you go to the uh, the canadians game yeah i did yeah yeah and, and and i remember i remember i started to get the trying to get the chant uh go habs go going uh because the game was about to start and we were about finished going off and i remember trying to get that get that going and, and uh just to get the game get the hockey game and, and, and show show the love back to them that they showed to, to us but uh yeah, I was uh, there with uh, with the boys, with with Prue and Boulay, and and I think we had a pretty good night after that as well, and <laughs> and uh, Cox and whoever else was around with us, but uh, Delorier was definitely a part of it, and and, uh, and all the boys, but uh, yeah, we had a good we had a good uh, we had a good that was an awesome night and, and some some fun times uh, before and after. Uh, I, one thing I want to ask you too, by the way, Davis, is that uh, obviously every time the Grey Cup is around you, do you always happen to po- have to point out to your TS and colleagues that look here, here, here's my name right here in the Grey Cup? You see, it's always going to be there. <laughs> one thing I, I don't, I don't think I've ever done it, to be honest. Oh, really? No, no. I don't think so. No, I, I, you've never done. Is, you, I was going to say you've never done that, to Steagle. Nah, when the Grey Cup comes around, I try to just be quiet. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, just uh, he's. <laughs> He feels like he's got it all. He's he thinks he thinks he's handsome. He he thinks he's he thinks he's smart. He's got some street street or something named after him, and some I don't know. It's what he's what he tells me uh, in Winnipeg. He has a street named after or something. But the bottom line is, uh, he doesn't have a great cup, so he's just. I mean, he's just average. He's just average most <laughs> And again, there's no comeback to like, oh yeah, see this thing, oh, yeah, right here. That that's my name. That's my name on this thing. <laughs> Uh, well, you can, as as you guys know, Milt would have a comeback. Milt definitely has a comeback for that. He's going to come back for everything, and that's my that's my brother. But uh, we like to have fun. Yeah, 
So now, now we now we got to get a street named after you in in Delta or something like that, right? Well, forget Delta. I was I'm thinking more Montreal, but uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, no. all right, or, oh. yeah. Don't I won't I won't a, hold my breath. A street <laughs> or a park? What what would you rather have? <laughs> How about a bar? There we go. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Look, yeah. Le well, David Sanchez bar. I, I yeah. like it. I like something it. on St. Catherine, uh, something on Crescent Street, I would imagine. Well, they told me there is one on Crescent named after me, but it's it says Ches it says Ches Paris though, not Ches Davis. I don't ah, know. Ches, Ches, that's Ches hilarious. I, I never I never understood. <laughs> the guys told me it was mine, but I never understood why it's you, called you, Paris and not uh, Davis. But Cliff, I, I, swear, to, I, I, have, I swear to God, the, this context. The, I swear to God. <laughs> You you think this city would get the spelling right, you know? <laughs> that's the chess right? obviously. But... <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Man, we love. I don't know where they get Paris from Sanchez, but okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say if, if if Montrealers don't know what the hell we're talking about now, they better know because it's kind of if you know, you know type of thing. So, oh man, um, you were talking about you know the, the whole storyline itself, Davis, when it came to the Alouettes, and obviously you know the, the team and the and the players were always talking about you know it was kind of an us versus them mentality. I mean, you being on the on the TV side of it, I mean, do. How much of it was a combination of just that, of us versus them mentality, or was it, I mean, did you really think anybody in the league was really looking down upon them, or was it just a matter of teams had the better record that were ahead of them, and you guys yeah. needed to prove yourself? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about them this this year, the team mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. you said you said you guys, so I I meant his I meant his media. I meant his media. Sorry, I meant his media. Yeah. Thing. No, look, it's a, I find it, you know, for I really was only it was only Cody before, before the before the before the Montreal won. The only other person I ever heard really saying about you know haters and doubters and all that was really Cody. I wouldn't hear a bunch of other guys saying that, and and. Whatever Cody needed to do to to fire himself up, um, it worked so great. Um, but I don't like it was for for us. It was whenever that kind of came up, it was kind of like yeah, like there's. If I look at the roster before the season started, and this this is credit to Jason Moss, um, credit to Danny, credit to Anthony, credit to Noel. I mean, credit to the whole staff, Eric Delorier. I mean, these guys. When I look at the roster, the roster was just. It was it was at the bottom of the league. There's just there's no doubt about it. I mean, you could say say whatever you want, haters, you know, picking us ninth or picking us eighth. And, you know, it was it was Ottawa, it was Montreal, and they were by far the two worst rosters in the CFL. And it was not a, there was not a question. So when people picked Montreal ninth, it wasn't because they were haters, <laughs> haters. It just was because they were the worst team on paper. And so it is what it is. But that, the game's not played on paper. So. Who cares? And so it's, you know, that, that whole, you know, haters and no one believed in us and all that. I mean, that's just, I think that's just self-motivation. I don't think if you actually step back and, and look at it and, and, you know, honestly, uh, I don't think you're going to think people are hating on you. They're just going to realize that that's what the roster was, but imagine, you know, with that roster, being able to take it to where they took it this year. And, and that's uh, like I say, commend you know, hats off to, to all those guys I mentioned and, and the whole organization and team, because, because they were they were coming from a deficit for sure, and then they were able to to pull off a miracle. Yeah. And, and what's really incredible too, yeah, like I guess you could say if, if that's how you got, what it takes to motivate yourself, I mean, you do what you got to do. But uh, I mean, there there really was like, 
a lot of disrespect in the sense that this Alouette's team, like they weren't ninth place last year. I mean, they were a converted touchdown away from going to the Grey Cup in 2022. It's just that with all the shambles of you know the ownership, uh, the ownership uh, changing hands and certain free agents leaving, all that. Like I can understand why a lot of people would think, okay, well, this is not going to be a good team. Oh, oh, okay, I'm getting, getting the timeout. <laughs> There's no quarterback. I mean, one one main one main thing that you're missing is that Trevor Harris left. Like that's the that's the difference. Trevor Harris is gone. So. There's, there's a big, you know, when you look, talk about the offseason and there was, the, you know, a two-point conversion away, but if they had no quarterback, if you watched Cody Fajardo play last year, he, he sure as heck wasn't good enough to lead that this team on this roster to a great cup and the way he played last year. But that wasn't the same Cody we saw in the playoffs this year. He, Cody was awesome, and I thought he was great. So, look, I don't think that anybody was wrong for thinking that if you look at, you know, what the roster looked like. And, and you, you're looking at, I don't know what your feelings were before the season started, Cliff. Maybe maybe you knew that Cody was going to play at, 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 a, at a high level and no one else did. But Or you, you Jason, you, Jason and, and Danny knew, uh, but no one else did or no one else believed at least. So, so kudos to you. Well, I, I was very much in a wait and see kind of thing because, again, it, at this point, I think Danny Machocha had built up enough street cred, if you will. Like He, he showed that he can build a winning roster because, again, they were this close to going to the Grey Cup. So, I mean, yes, there's obviously changes are going to be made. Uh, there's a, a lot of players that you're like, who the hell is this guy? And then they end up becoming superstars. Like, that's just, you know, credit to the system, credit to the organization and how they run things and the, the, the belief that they have that these guys would become superstars in the Canadian Football League. Any, it could be any number of those things. But, I, I mean, yeah, it definitely it does speak volumes to how this organization is run. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, you look at you look at Jason Moss coming over, and obviously Cody coming over from Saskatchewan. I mean, I mean, Davis. How, how do you how do you look at these two two basically these two men two different two different years? Because you know Saskatchewan basically had had the exact same season as they did t- two years in a row. They lost seven straight to end the season. You know, back in in twenty three and in twenty two. But do you think it was uh, that much of a change of location and scenery that really made these guys? I uh, I guess become the the Alouettes and the players that we that they ended up being at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's in the CFL, it's really and this is football in general, but this, the CFL especially, it's really who's hot at the end of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you know if if they the Alouettes played the way they played at the end of the year and and they got hot, the defense was playing out of their minds and and. And you know Cody was doing you know enough. Uh, I mean, if you look, you know, let's let's go back to the playoffs. Like I don't, I don't think being fair, I don't think we look at you know what happened in the playoffs with their offense and Cody and think, oh my gosh, like who would have known they were so great? They weren't great. They, I mean, they were far from great offensively. They they weren't even good offensively. I'm, I'm being and I'm an Alouettes fan, and I, it's it's my team. But I'm also I'm also real and honest. Um, uh, they weren't they weren't great, but they did enough to win, and that's that's the one thing I've always said about about Cody in particular, is that he's a gamer, and he's you know he'll do whatever it takes. I think he's got a, a skill set that he knows his he knows his game, he knows his skill set, and he he plays to it. And I think you know he saved his best performance for the biggest for the biggest game, and that's really all you need to do. And, and you know you guys might remember back in in two thousand 
um, when we lost to the BC Lions in the Grey Cup. We were a much better team than them, but Damon Allen basically put the team on his back and and they beat us. And that was just a guy who was 40 years old, but saved his best performance for the, for his last. And he played out of his mind and, and, and they beat us. And that's happened. That happens all the time. And the CFL happens all the time. You know, the best teams don't always win. It's, it's not like baseball or basketball where it's best out of five or best out of seven. It's one game. And I think the Owls got hot at the right time and they believed in themselves. It, it, it's incredible how it, you, you said it best. I mean, just different, same situation, just different teams, different players, different scenarios. But I mean, yeah, I, I look at this, that this past Grey Cup and yeah, there are a lot of similarities to the BC Lions and Montreal Alouettes teams that were there back in 2000. It's, it's uncanny. Teams and it happens. Uh, look, look at the past. You can look at the past ten years. It's, uh, Toronto's done it a couple times. BC's done it. Um, Ottawa's done it. They've won the Grey Cup with you know teams that are either five hundred below five hundred, just over five hundred. And there's you know over the last over the last ten or twelve years, I bet you it's you know five or six, seven times it's happened. So it it, it happens. Yeah. No, it's it's. So it's it's I guess we can saying don't not, don't necessarily it it all seems to be it's a narrative. I mean, as I said, you're being fair. You're being fair in every every way when it comes to Cody and the team itself. It's it's. I mean, I'm sure you could look at the you know all the years that you've been uh, you know with TSN and even as a player, you can look at different streaks that you've gone. Certain things that have really set the tone for what type of type of team you were you were on, whether it had been uh, a a good team, a bad team, or or even a mid team, because you know most of the year we were calling Cody, you know, consistently consistent. Cody didn't mean he was a good quarterback, but he was consistent. Right. So, but and right. it's true. the the O the O was just horrible earlier on in the year. When you go yep. streaks where you can't score an offensive touchdown, that's <laughs> that's not good. That's not good football. Right. But yeah, like I, I will end it with with, it, with this or not end it. But I, I would say this that that. You know, in regards to in regards to the quarterback playing, you have to respect it. Now, if I'm even after what I saw right now, if I'm drafting quarterbacks to start next season, he's he's not going to be in my top three or my top four or top five probably. But you have to respect that. You have to respect that. You know, in the biggest game, he he played and he he played. Uh, he was lights out and and. And so I think you have, you know, there's, there's a confidence there. And maybe next year, now that that confidence is there and him and Jason have continued to build kind of what they do well together and what this offense does with, with him and, and tailoring it to, to his skill set, maybe, maybe that's a different story next year. Maybe, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's my number three or top three quarterback next year after next season because of what he does. But it doesn't matter. All that, who cares? He, they're a great, he's a great cup champion. Um, he's the MVP. Um, and, and and Montreal, the Great Cup champions, and that's it's a beautiful thing, and no one no one can ever take that away from you. You can tell me that that uh, you know whatever whatever you want about what happened in the Great Cup or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I always tell guys this: no one no one asks how many interceptions I had in my career, or how many times I was an All Star, or how many times. No one asks me anything about personal accolades. That could have been I could have been the third string cornerback, and 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 not even dressed for the game, or you know on the kickoff team and only and not played on defense whatever it is no one knows and no one cares they just ask one question you know then all they ask is one thing did you ever win a great cup do you have a great cup ring and and the answer is yes so 
It's uh, and to be the starting quarterback, uh, there's only a handful of guys, or maybe not a handful, but there's there's not a whole bunch of guys that can say they were the starting quarterback and a, and an MVP of the Grey Cup. So, I uh, just uh, all respect you. Absolutely. Now let, let's switch the defense. I mean, this defense this year was nothing short of outstanding, and credit to Noel Thorpe for getting these guys to play like lights out football. Uh, who did you see as a cornerback? I, I kind of have a feeling where, I, where this might be going, but I want to hear from you. Who do you think had the most outstanding year defensively for the Alouettes? Gosh. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I, you know where I go. I always go right to the 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 defensive backs. But in, in particular, I think their, their group of uh, – their group of outside backers, I think, were were special. I think, I mean, I think that you look at you look at some of the some of the stuff that that you saw from Stubblefield or from Beverett. I mean, those guys those guys were, um, you know, and they came out of nowhere. We talked about guys that that we didn't know a whole lot about, like Beverett, Stubblefield. Those guys came out of nowhere. Um, who else did I think was? I mean, obviously Dequa, but that's that kind of goes without saying. He's he's been the guy that everyone's been talking about, and I think. I think uh, I think Dequat was 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 a great story because the fact that he's Canadian, the fact that he's a local kid, um, and he's he's just he's shown. And I think at the beginning, people just thought he was a Quebecer and one of Danny Danny's guys, and and that's why he was kind of getting a lot of attention. And then he, he proved, you know, he kept proving over and over again that he was he was deserving of of all the accolades he was getting. And I thought that was that was great for me to see. I was wondering he was he had my good friends. Um, Matthew and, and Etienne on his T-shirt. I was a little disappointed that me on. I should be on the T-shirt with those guys. Um, a little disappointed. Uh, so maybe tell uh, Mark to check to, to go back to the history of his Canadian DBs and give a little bit more uh, love to. Uh, maybe I should be on that shirt with those two guys. And plus, I'm much better looking than those two guys anyway. Like, <laughs> so um, well, should put me on it. That's probably why he didn't put me on the T-shirt because he didn't want he didn't want his girlfriend or his other people to to see me on the shirt and when, so that's maybe why, but uh, I, <laughs> those are obviously two of my good friends. Um, uh, or, or, or maybe, or, or maybe he just didn't want to put Ches Perry on there, you know, like, and just, you know, insult <laughs> yeah, further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it, it, it may be trying to save you from yourself though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, good, great, great story. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's uh, and I won't get into the, the political, the political part of it, but uh, I thought you know, watching his uh, passion and, and his emotion after the game, and that was uh, it kind of gave me goosebumps. Uh, I didn't know what the heck he was all fired up about, and I learned a little bit, little bit about it afterwards. But just the passion was uh, uh, like I said, minus the political part of it, just just the passion that that uh, he showed was was uh, it was special to see. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I think people should be taking away more than anything else is, you know, I understand where he was coming from with a lot of it, but yeah, you, like you said, the passion, the, you know, just that, I'm, I'm sure he was thinking about his mom, his late mom as well. And just, you know, I think yeah, that absolutely. It, everything just kind of comes to a head and in, in, in a moment like that, you just, you just go off, right? You just, you, like you're, yeah. you, you lose control of your emotions and, you know, especially too, he puts his heart on his sleeve every, every single day and he just... That that's who he is, and you you got to love him for it, actually. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I I became a, a big fan, and I, and I love when guys, you know, there's a lot of lot of pressure on him, and, and all eyes are on them, and he he 
he just seemed to similar similar to Cody. Uh, he just played better and better as the as the stage got bigger and there was more eyeballs on him. He played better and better, so I uh, became a fan. I'm always, I've always been a fan of Siante. Um, Siante is a vet in this league who's been good for a long time, so I've always been a fan of his and 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 Christian Matt, a guy who uh, who I've you know known for a while and I'm, I'm friendly with uh, a great Alouette and uh, also very well deserving of this too. I was happy for Christian as well. And so, and then, uh, yeah, there's, there's lots. I mean, all the guys I've learned kind of learned their stories, guys who I don't know. I know most of the guys or I've met most of the guys or some of the guys and, and uh, just the story. And, and even, you know what, to a point, a big part of it is, is Danny and Jason. I mean, you look at these guys and, and, you know, you guys know the deal like there, especially Jason kind of being pushed out, you know, and obviously didn't end the way he wanted to end. And then, and then Danny, a lot of folks and uh, especially folks that uh, some of my colleagues definitely thought that when Danny got rid of uh, Cavus and who else did he get rid of? Uh, oh, Dahari. Dahari that, uh, that, you know, he was doing that to, to slide himself into that, into that head coaching role. And, and, and then we proved wrong that that wasn't the case, and and uh, and I think he kind of he kind of uh, proved himself, and that he was being honest because he'd said all along that wasn't the case, and I think a lot of people thought that was BS, and and it wasn't, and it was true, and and he's, uh, I mean, he's done a great job, so I'm just I'm happy for him too, and and happy that it all all worked out. Yeah, have you definitely. been? You ever been on a team, Davis, where where a team has brought in one or two players, you know, around midseason that made such an impact that, you know, Darnell Sankey and Sean Lemon did for this team? Because it, you know, sometimes sometimes there would be ego, sometimes there would be, you know, I'm you know I'm a longtime vet, you know, but it it just seemed to work work really well and they gelled really well with with the rest of the defense, and we saw what they did for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was a fit, right? Usually. Usually, if if uh, you're bringing someone in, it's because you're you at that time you're because you, it's you're decimated or, or whatever it is. And I would say you know they weren't decimated at middle linebacker, but it was just such a huge upgrade. Uh, just Sankey is just such a such a good player that that was that was big for them. And then the other one is was uh, I think Lemon was you saw that the, the Owls just could not get pass rush like the first you know half of the season or, or longer. They just couldn't get to the quarterback, and it was it was evident. It's like how do you, how are you going to play defense when you cannot get to the quarterback? And, and so, and then I mean, week in week out, we, we kind of talked back and forth with Sean. Sean communicates with us kind of um, a little bit, and we knew we knew Sean had had teams that were interested in him, but who was going to bring him in? And it was one week, and then two weeks, and three weeks, and no one brought him in. It's like is this guy really going to get signed? Like he's been so damn productive, um, and then. Uh, and then they bring him in, and he just again just continues to make plays when when he needs to. And some guys just have a knack. Some guys are just special. And, I, and to answer answer your question, I don't think I've seen that uh, you know that big of an impact uh, from two, especially from two guys. Um, no, not, not that time of the season. I probably I can't. Not that I can remember. Maybe one, but I can't think of two. That's for sure. How, how about a, Have you ever had a situation where a player comes into training camp, a young kid? plays his ass off, does a fantastic job, gets cut strictly a numbers game, gets brought back and wins a great cup or wins a championship like Reggie Stubblefield. Like th- to me, that's right. probably one of the biggest stories this year with this Alouettes team. And there's yeah. plenty of them, but this, this story to me yeah. is still, I, I still shake my head in disbelief at how it all turned out. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that means he, that means he wasn't good enough to be your number two or your number three. Um, uh, 
and then he ends up being like he ends up being one of your most valuable players on defense. So so it's uh it's impressive. And just how I didn't know a lot about him. Even at the beginning of the year, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to him through through probably through halfway. I probably didn't pay attention to him to the last half or the last last month of the season, to be honest. And then just, just like, wait a minute, this kid's I kept hearing people talk about him and then you realize um he's got some he's got some ish to him. So he uh he's just he plays with attitude, he plays with, with instinct, he's He's uh he's just he's a football player. I don't even know what position he is. I mean, I know what he plays in the Alouettes, but um I don't know what is what what position he would be because he's kind of a he's kind of a tweener and uh but he's he he's a he's a football player. He kind of reminds me of Tim Strickland a little bit. Mm. Um for those who remember Tim Strickland, because yeah, but he's he's a hell of a football player and he's uh he's he was fun to watch. Yeah, no, just I as I said, as when we do our year end episode and we talk about all the stories within the story, if you will, yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely yeah. gonna get a lot of attention because it's been absolutely outstanding and he is loving and embracing Montreal, like, much like you have. Like, it's just that he, he gets it, you know what I mean? Like, he gets like what it he means to be a Montreal Alouette, and that's it's nice. great to see. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, it's like too, nice. and they were saying uh, the other other guy too that has a huge story clip that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is KB and Ento, a guy that you and I were just reaming on because he was get, getting burnt left and right, and, and then there was that one game versus Toronto, and then the bye week, and then all of a sudden the the switch flipped, something happened, and switched you know switched sides of the ball, and look look what he did. He basically he did he saved the Alouettes in the Grey Cup not once but twice. You know, because if he didn't bat away the ball in the end zone or get the interception, that game could yeah. easily have gone to the Bombers. It's a big time, big time place. And I was, I was talking to Noel Thorpe. Was it the? It was the walkthrough. So Saturday afternoon, the walkthrough, and he actually, that's the one thing he said. I asked Ento walked by, and I talked to Ento for just maybe two or three minutes. Uh, and uh, Thorpe said, uh, "Kids got some great ball skills." Yeah, and it was funny, and they, they and they were definitely on display. That was a big time play, game saving play for sure. It's funny. We saw him in training camp, he, the the scrimmage game that the Alouettes do every year. He played like his hair was on fire. Like he was like like, and I even said to Coach Thorpe, like, "Where'd you find this guy? This guy's like incredible." And then the season gets underway. He makes the roster. He, he gets in there, starts playing, and it's just like, oh, this maybe we were wrong. It just didn't. It it just didn't work. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if it was just the the scheme. Uh, I. I, I do remember Coach Thorpe saying that he, he was switching him from boundary to field side, so and that apparently made a difference. But I mean, in your opinion, do you think yeah. that could be something just as simple as that that makes a difference in a player? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't see him earlier or, or study it, but but I could, I could definitely see his skill set being uh, if he's going to play off coverage. If you're a boundary corner, he's long, he's tall, and he's long. Um, if you're going to play off coverage. You're better off to play field corner if you're a tall, longer guy. If you're gonna play in the boundary, you probably need to go up and play press. And there's only a, a handful of guys that are. If you're a tall guy and you can play press in the boundary, you're probably not gonna be in the CFL. Um, you'd probably be down down south making a lot of a lot of money. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a, it's a play to play the field corner to be to be long and and rangy like he is. You can cover a lot of space. And uh, it just allows you to use that length to react. So I could see a guy like I could see a difference for a guy like him to be, uh, you know, be uh, more more, you know, have more success and, and and more suited for the field if if you can really use that length. It's you can cover a lot of ground if you're 
he's gift. He's a gifted guy. So that's I, w- I would put him over there and let him use that skill, and that's probably what happened. Yeah, and but boy, talk about way to finish the season. Like the Eastern final, he gets a pick six against Chad Kelly, and the, as Tim just mentioned, the outstanding game he played in the Grey Cup itself. I mean, what a, again? Once again, you're talking about the stories within the story. It, it's 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 magical, quite frankly. So so many of them. Yeah. What are the boys doing out there? Are they are they having some fun, or what's uh, our guys are more guys now uh, choosing to stay there for the off season? I assume. Uh, what's he with well, a breakup? It's like, uh, yeah, quite a few guys have gone home, but there are a few that are still out there. Uh, Tyson Philpot, uh, Reggie Stubblefield. Uh, they actually went to the Quebec National Assembly with the other French Canadian players and got nice. saluted by. So I'm saying it, like it's got to be a trip for someone like uh, Stubblefield to to go there like a kid from texas and he's like everybody there is like <laughs> hardcore french and he's like he's you know he's sitting there he's taking it all in he's he's enjoying it and i think he had a good time at the canadians game as well and you know it's and uh saw so he was getting inked as well him and beverett were getting inked so i'm like you know you got to celebrate the gray cup you know I, I guess that's what you do now is you you get tatted now so <laughs> they're, they're living their best life here your, do you still have that tattoo in your lower back cliff no, no, that we we got rid of that one. No. <laughs> we, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> I think Stanbeck's I think Stanbeck's still here in town to him with his entire family. I mean, I, I'll nice. give a good example here, Chaz, is that you know yeah. we've talked about how people become part of Alouette's nation, and you're always going to be a part of Montreal, and, and no matter how much or how little time you spent with the team. You know, uh, he may have left last year, but Gino just came back. Gino's here all year round. So, and he just returned back from Edmonton for his uh, for his off season. So, I mean, it's I love the story, dude. Uh, I mean, I wish as many players for the Alouettes could spend more than just a you know just a regular season here. I mean, it's, it's like yourself. I mean, it's like I'm sure you you learned so much about the city. It's why how you made your name in the city yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just yeah. like. If you have the chance, just stay in off season. Yes, it may be cold, maybe from Texas. You may, you may have never seen snow before, whatever. But still, it's just a part of the experience of getting to know, you know, where you play. And I'm, I'm sure you've, where, you know, where you played, you always try to get as much uh, of an experience as the as you're hoping that these players do too. Uh, you're, you're you're spot on, and it's it's a blessing, right? And that's you know, we were joking about my colleague Milt Stegel. It's one of the things we talk about. Uh, we've, we've talked about it often. And, and it's that it's that you know he was able to play in the same city his whole career, and that's one of my regrets. Is is I left? I mean, obviously leaving for the NFL. That's that doesn't. I had to do that. That's not a that's not an option. But but twice I was twice I left in free agency, um, just for just we just couldn't agree on some numbers at times. But I mean the amount of money that you know I left for. You know the legacy of playing in the same city for I played 11 years in the CFL and to play, you know, all 11 years in Montreal and and you know really, it just it just I think that would have been I would have that's the one regret I have for sure is is not spending, you know, my whole career there and 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 if I can and you can't always like it doesn't always work that way if if, if it's you know guys got to take care of their families too I actually so I saw a post that Gino had on on social media the other day talking mm-hmm. somebody had asked him made a comment about. Uh, about him and how's he feel about not being, you know, not being with Montreal and blah blah blah, and and he talked about his his family and 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 have to take care of his family and it's that's part of that's part of it. We can't always we can't always and te- sometimes teams don't want you, you know, and, and that's that's also the case. So, but but I would say this whenever 
I tell guys, anyone that ever asks me, I have a chance to talk to guys. I always say, if it's for a couple thousand dollars uh, and everything's close to equal, I mean, try to spend as much time as you can. And Tim, like you said, it's to be, you know, the fabric of a city and try to, you know, be a part of it. And then the blessing of having, you know, a city embrace you and a team and organization. And it's a, fa- it's a, as much as it's business, it's also, it can be family if you treat people right. Uh, you do, it, do things the right way. The people in the city will, will, uh, will love you and take care of you as long as you treat people right over the long, over the long haul. And I think if you can do that, I think it's a, it's a, it comes back tenfold. And I think it's free, free for any of our players' lives. I think it's, it's always a benefit. Oh, I think a plus for you too, Davis, is that you were here with the Wetinals and just the name, the Wetinals who made here in Montreal, uh, you know, sure. You know, uh, Mr. Wetinall may have not been making all that money if he was making any money. But the thing is, is that he became part of the lexicon. He did it right. You know, and that's that's the Owls really have eh, over the past couple of years. You know, we it just it hasn't happened. COVID came and then now it finally seems, you know, we got a, a local owner again and PKP seems to be, you know, we got his sophomore season coming up. It's funny to say as our owner, but it seems to be that PKP seems to be doing everything right. And it's just uh, it's just a whole giant PKP effect. But we'll. That that's what you need. Just be be treated right, uh, and again, it's, it's you'll make a name for yourself. Not necessarily, not only in the CFL, but in the actual city that you played in. So it's, it, it, I, I will I will say this to just to, to touch on on the wet dolls, but it's uh, they were they were so good. People always you'll find the odd people that are you know what was like in a negative way. You know what was it like to play in the CFL? Like did you guys like. Retreated well. I, I've heard stories, and I just, I just stopped them. Like time out. I played for Bob Wettenhall, and and it was, I was treated first class. Larry Smith, Jim Pop, Bob Wettenhall. Um, I played there for eight years with those guys, and they were. It was, we were treated amazing. Like I, I, I played in, I played with the University of Oregon. I played big time college football, as big as it gets, and I played in the NFL, and and. And the way we were treated at Montreal was as good. Obviously, not as big of a crowd and all that stuff. But I would say being, you know, how we were treated, uh, as good as anywhere I've been. And it was all, it all started with with the Wetinall family, and they were, they were amazing. They were they were great. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like over the past few years, <clears> like <throat> that Alouette way, for lack of a better term, kind of got pushed to the wayside. But now I feel with the ownership of Pierre Carl Pelado and the work that Danny Machocha has done to build this roster. I mean, he said he wanted to build a great cup winner and it took him three years to do it, which is not bad at all. But I, I feel like now that this team is back on track, like it's we're back to establishing that winning culture and not accepting mediocrity. And to me, I think that's, that's what's going to help keep this team going for years to come. Not just the fact that a billionaire owns a team and you don't have to worry about the bills being paid, but the fact that now if, people have fallen back in love with the Montreal Alouettes. And to me, that's what's going to keep this team successful for years to come. Absolutely. And I love all the, I love all the local players. I think that's, I think that's great. If, I, if I'm building an, any, any slack that, that, uh, that Danny, Danny or Eric or whoever's, whoever's signing players, um, Jason gets for signing a million Quebecers and Montreal kids on the team. Uh, you're you're clueless. Uh, you're absolutely clueless because I, I would build the team the exactly the same way. And I'm a I'm a West Coast kid and have nothing to do with it. I would build the team the exact same way. And that's that's 
you can get as many kids at a local as you can on that team as long as they're as long as they're as good or or better than than the other guys you find and then uh keep doing it because that's what it's all about yeah from your lips to god's ears davis <laughs> <laughs> what uh before we like before we let you go Chez, what uh what what's your off season like? I mean, you're done now, TSN. Obviously, it, it's you guys can be com- coming together at all during the off season. I, I know there's not the whole hullabaloo with the with, with the you know the schedule release and yada yada like they do for the NFL and stuff like that. But what what is a what, what do you have planned for the off season? Yeah, we still we still do we'll do we'll do free agency and 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 we'll do you know off any off season moves and there's there's uh. Yeah, there there is no off season. They slow down till after you know till January, February. We'll slow down with the CFL stuff, and but uh, once February goes, we'll start looking at the college kids and the draft, and and start uh, and uh, and keep going there. But there's there's uh, the off season's a short a short window because we'll start. Uh, there's always news, and that's our guys. You know, mostly uh, you know Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji will take take the uh, take most of that stuff, and there those guys are. As you guys know, they're they're on it every day. There's no, they're working on it today. Today probably those guys don't sleep, so they're on it. I'll I'll do my my NFL stuff. Uh, doesn't doesn't stop for me, so I keep going through NFL stuff. And as CFL news pops, I'll uh, I will uh, I'll be on that, and I'll be involved in in the draft and and the uh, you know free agency as well. What got you into the uh, the whole I, I want to say betting aspect of things as far as uh, props and things like that? Like what what got you into that more than anything else? Oh, my whole life. No, I've been, I've been, I've always, I've always loved it. I've always been, um, you know, had a, I've always looked at NFL fantasy and betting and it's just been something I've always looked at. I was a, I was a poker player. I love poker. I just, I've always loved betting and and gambling. And as soon as it became legal and, uh, you know, I know it. So I've, uh, I've been around it since I retired. And so I, I know the game and uh, and I understand I understand the industry and it's, it was a, it was it's a great fit for me it's just something I I would be you know if I wasn't if I wasn't working in football I'll be doing that full time anyway so I'd be I'd be doing sports or and football football betting and, and that would be my that that's my passion that would be my my career whether I was involved in TV or not so it's just something that I'm passionate about and I spend like I'm a, today was an off day for me I spent 8 hours watching watching uh you know <laughs> bailey bailey zappy uh, film and and uh and uh and mitch trubisky film and, and and looking at stuff for this weekend so it's it's just i just love it and and uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm knee deep in the coach's film and looking at every angle of everything and looking at defenses and i just that's just that's just what i do and i, I love it Wow, that that's dedication to sit and watch Bailey Zappi film and uh, Mitch yeah. Trubisky film. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. I t- Tim's a Steelers fan, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I actually kind of feel bad for him right now. So, yeah, well, yeah, he, uh, I feel bad for him too. They, 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 <laughs> I watched I watched the film, and uh, Pat Firemuth is the only one getting targets. I could, as I studied looking at my props for tomorrow, it's uh, the only one I could even think about looking at on the over, on the over was was Firemuth. I just uh, also, hey, let, let me ask you a question, Tim. If you're a Steelers yeah. fan. Uh, Deontay Johnson, yeah, catches a catches a touchdown with three minutes left in the game, down by fourteen. I, think, I believe they were down by fourteen. More. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> and he starts doing a he starts dancing and doing a celebration by himself, and then I think and then I think uh, someone joined him. But 
as a as a fan, I know I know what my thoughts are as an analyst and as an ex player and just a guy watching. Forget about that. Just a guy watching football. I know what my thoughts are. Uh, what were your thoughts seeing a guy celebrate like that uh, down by two scores with three minutes left? Well, that that's it. And obviously, it's not the CFL where anything can happen in three minutes. Yes, but yeah, with the way it's funny how it's funny how much the Steelers actually mimic the Alouettes offense earlier this season. It's just so bad. You don't do that. You don't do that type of garbage. I mean, come this on. This guy was dancing. Yeah, for those who didn't, for those who didn't see it, he got a touchdown with three minutes left in the game. Down that that made them down fourteen, and he went off into the whole dance by mm-hmm. himself. Uh, it was just. And I'm not, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not like an old, like, you know, get off my lawn, old man here. And I, I, I like that fun. I like to have fun and, and let it loose. But to me, that just, yeah, yeah, seriously. To me, it just showed me a guy who is unaware of the situation that his team is in, in the game. And he's worried about himself. Like that's, that to me, I was, I was, I was pretty disgusted by it or not disgusted, but I was actually embarrassed by it. I'm like, this guy's embarrassing right now. I'm kind of mortified. Well, yeah, especially when you have your starter going down who's not doing all that well. I mean, and we don't know how long, you know, Pickett's going to be out for because he had his ankle ankle surgery and stuff like that. And Trubisky really hasn't made a name for himself either way, considering the past two years. So, yeah, stop that garbage uh, if you have a chance. (laughs) If you're within three, maybe. If you're within three, maybe. Okay. But other than that, stop that. Even even in the CFL, you don't try. You don't pull that garbage. You don't pull that garbage at all. You know, it's like I'm sure I don't know. I don't know why Coach Tomlin just just didn't pull him aside and say, "Dude, come on." Uh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Look look at the clock. Look at the scoreboard. I bet you after the game there was a conversation. Yeah. As they say, act like you've been there before. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Davis, you know we love having you on here, man. We appreciate every time you come on here, you bring it every single time. If, if you're not following Davis Sanchez, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, shame on you. But Davis, if they're not following you, how can they follow you on, on, on social media? Yeah, I'm just, I think I'm just at Davis Sanchez on uh, on uh, all the platforms, the tickety, the tickety talk and the Instagram and the, and the X Twitter stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I post all I post all of my all of my, my my betting picks and all the fun stuff that we do and I try to I don't do enough I don't do enough of social because I just lazy but um, I do love I do love football and uh, and uh, more importantly or or as importantly I love of the Alouettes my uh, my favorite uh, the long the place I've been longest in my life in any any job uh, any any sport anything is in Montreal and uh, I, I was blessed to be an Alouette it's a it's part of my it's part of my heart and my and my chest and so uh, thank you guys for uh, for being uh, you know so good to the team and organization and, and uh, doing what you do for Al's fans as well so and uh, yeah a lot lot of lot of love thanks for thanks for taking the time to have me on I appreciate it awesome once again Davis thank you so much and uh, looking forward to 2024 it's crazy to think but yeah it, it's you know let's let's enjoy this moment but at the same time it's like yeah the next season. Get up, get, get up here faster than you think. Listen, let those, let those guys enjoy the offseason. Yes, yes, we will. One hundred percent. Love back at you, Davis. We really, we really appreciate you. we uh, we appreciate you, buddy. So we somehow got into let's see tattoos. Talked about Shea Perry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! We. I love man. talking to Chez, man. <laughs> Chez, he's so good. He, he... 
as I said, he brings the fire every single time he comes on this show, and we are so grateful, so grateful. He is so just, funny. Just chef's kiss. There's no, there's no other way to describe. You know, every time uh, Davis comes on this show, and we can't thank him enough. As always, every anytime we we invite him on, he's he's there. He's like, I got you guys, no worries. And yeah. And, always, and who, always brings it, and that's what I love. Who knew you? You used to you you had a you used to have a tramp stamp that kind of symbolized you know what the old Saskatchewan Rough Riders had at the bottom of their jersey. And now it's now it's gone, man. Who knew? Who knew? Things you do when you're young and stupid, or old and stupid. Uh, you're just plain <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Chez Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Best one-liner. That's the best banter ever. I swear. That that, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, at the top, we're still waiting to find out when the the date is going to be given for the um, uh, for the yearly locker room sale. Um, the only, one thing I do want to say, and that's all I'm going to say, is is that. Uh, I, I can. I've been heard hearing that they are going to be selling helmets. I think this year too. And if that's the case, uh, yeah, I'll be going early so I can at least get in line. Uh, so everybody else, stay away, please. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go. It, it it smells at the big O. It's yeah, terrible. It's like, oh my god. Um, I, and but I do want to do one thing. Cliff is I want to give a uh, a huge thanks to Corey. Um, uh, who is or w- will be uh, leaving the Alouettes? He is their current uh, boutique manager. I just want to thank him for everything that he's done for us. Uh, really nice dude. Uh, we-, we wish you nothing but the best, buddy. Uh, and um, uh, what whatever you're going to do going forward, and obviously we we welcome whoever's going to be the newest uh, manager of the boutique. I'm sure they got. It's a lot to do. Stuff that we've talked to when it came to to both Corey and and uh, his predecessor Cam. To that, they got a lot of stuff to do, man, and it ain't easy. So, um, and if history tells us something, his his if it's a he or whoever it is, their first yeah. name has to start with a C. I guess that's. Oh yeah, you're right. We we don't make the rules, folks. That's just how it works out. So that's it. I'm sorry. I mean, it's that, that that's how it is. So wait, wait a minute. Cliffy starts with a C. <gasps> oh my god! And my last name. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I yeah, you know. I think we're. I think we're better off. You know, in our position here, being like the the, you know, the two old guys on the Muppet Show. You know, just sit and talk shit about everybody. I think that's we're, we're better doing that for the Alouettes and trying to sell their uh, merchandise. I'm not gonna go by Waldorf. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, the Alouettes aren't ba- half bad. No, they're all bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, couldn't do that. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, usually at this time of the year, we usually see some guys that are signed by the Alouettes. It usually doesn't get very much fanfare unless it's something something that you and I uh, we know about or we've seen play. Kind of, you know, harks back to the day where we were uh, given an inside scoop of the, the Alouettes signing Fabian Guerra and. Uh, Malachi Jones from the Arena League. Was that back in 2019? That was, that was 2019. Back in, yeah, 2019. So it, it always seems to be that, that, and it's across the CFL too. They usually have great relationships when it comes to having, uh, you know, uh, being able to find the hidden talent in indoor football. Um, and 
the Alouettes, there wasn't, again, not much fanfare, which is fine by me. Um, but the Alouettes, Cliff did sign somebody recently, and he he has a, a kind of a pedigree where it's funny. You know, Malachi Jones back then, he was the Offensive Player of the Year in the Arena Football League in 2019. Mm-hmm. This gentleman that the Alouettes just signed uh, was the uh, Indoor Football League, the IFL's Offensive Player of the Year. And uh, I, I can only wait to find out uh, what, what this guy can do, right? Oh, definitely. And it's funny because <laughs> let's not forget, when we, we started training camp this year, all the talk was, oh, the Alouettes team has no receivers other than Tyson Philpott, like because they didn't know who Tyler Sneed was. They didn't know who Austin Mack was. They didn't know uh, Keshawn Abram or uh, Courtney Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Courtney Davis, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, but there's a, a lot of who the hell is that guys? And look what happened. Tyler Sneed, yeah. outstanding receiver. Mm-hmm. Austin Mack, <laughs> the most outstanding no- player nominee for the Montreal Alouettes this year. Uh, uh, Cole Speaker, who, yeah. again, he was the uh, training camp darling last year. And you saw what he did in the Grey Cup this year. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the dude has, you know, like, Came out of nowhere and just became these guys come out of nowhere and become superstars almost. I won't say overnight, but they they are not these guys that we just mentioned are now household names and are also great cup champions. Let's let's not forget that. Like, that's yeah, true. Yeah, could 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 this next superstar in in training be the the next Austin Mack or Tyler Sneed? We, we obviously won't know until uh, until camp. Yeah. Until camp, but yeah, I mean, so, again, this time last year, they they announced the signings of like Tyler Sneed and Austin Mack, and we're like, I, I I don't know. Well, I knew who Austin Mack was, as I said, because he's a former member of the San Francisco 49ers, But mm-hmm. like Tyler Sneed and a lot of these other guys, I'm like, I don't know who they are. I let's like, but okay, let's let's see what happens. I mean, there was a time too. Eugene Lewis was just another training camp body. Uh, there was a time before when he was number 80 before he was number 87. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the thing. There was a time when a lot of the, you didn't know these guys from a hole in the wall and look, you, they get the opportunity. They're given a chance to shine and shine. They do. And next thing you know, you're buying their jerseys. You're, you're pissed off because the Alouettes didn't sign these guys to a long-term contract and they left in free agency or they're helping your team win the great cup. That's that's what football is, folks. Especially here in the Canadian Football League. Mm-hmm. One day you're just another camp body. Next thing you know, you're the MOP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the Alouettes signed uh, wide receiver Ramon Chakio Bowman. He's out of Northwestern, and as I mentioned uh, earlier, he was uh, the 2023 Offensive Player of the Year in the IFL, and he played for the Northern Arizona Wranglers. Um, Again, he could be one of these diamonds in the rough. Again, that, that a person that we had no clue balls out in camp, and he and he makes a roster spot. But again, we won't know until till May. Uh, we're assuming it's going to be in Trois again. But uh, it's you know wherever camp may be, we're going to see what this guy can do. Uh, because usually, you know, as I said, uh, it seems like the CFL is usually able to. They have a very good relationship with a lot of the, with a lot of the indoor leagues, so I can't, I can't, I really can't complain. By the way, Cliff, and I thought this was pretty cool. If we get a chance to speak with him, I think this is a he has a, he he actually has Ramon actually has a, a a a you know one of those 
seven degrees of Kevin Bacon type of things. You know, he yeah. actually has a, a tie, somewhat of a tie to the Montreal Alouettes. So the current um, the current head coach of the Northern Arizona Wranglers is Les Moss. And Les Moss is the son of former Alouettes head coach Perry Moss. So... <laughs> Uh, we should make clear it's spelled M O S S, not like Jason Moss. Yeah, oh, yes, correct. Yes, correct. Okay. Just again, it, because you hear Moss and you're like, oh, well, any relation to Jason? Right, Moss? right. No, no, that's They're, true. Different spelling, folks. <laughs> but very well known, obviously, uh, in indoor football. He's a hell of a coach. But again, his father is a very well was very well known in the Arena Football League uh, with the Orlando Predators. Um, and but again, he coached the Montreal Alouettes. So there's a there's a, a tie. So I think I, you know, I'm not reaching this one. I'm not reaching. Usually I, I'm reaching. But, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. OK. If you're looking for another tie, uh, you said you went to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also the alma mater of our running backs coach, Tyrell Sutton. Oh, Yes. So there's a another tie, another I guess one of those seven degrees, if you will. But uh, yeah. hey, I'll t- I'll take it. You, I, I, it would be funny. It makes me we'll have to talk to Seti and see if he uh, if he happened if he knew uh, if he knows of him. And by the way, so just in case if if you guys are wondering, um, Perry Moss was actually the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes from 1960 to 1962. And if I'm not mistaken, Cliff, Coach Moss was also responsible for the red-winged helmets. Ooh. Back in, started to, which they started to wear in 1960. Oh. So, even more. Even more. The history, more you know. History, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for that little thing to go across the screen in the morning <laughs> that's dating us anybody remember those things on i think it was nbc the more nbc you know. yeah the yeah. more you know the more you know it's like the gi joe thing no that's uh knowing us knowing now you know i know it knows half a battle exactly G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes we're old shut up yeah i know exactly um sorry vintage we're vintage oh yes that's right that's right pedigree we have a pedigree mm-hmm. a legacy um so uh, we thank you guys for listening to the show this week. Hope you enjoyed the, the interview with, uh, uh, with Davis Sanchez. Um, we do want to at least mention to you that next week's episode will be our season finale, uh, where we will be having a, a year in review and including it's currently scheduled to just, just f- trying to get it narrowed it down, but I am going to announce it anyways. Uh, it is our yearly state of the team address or interview uh, with the Alouettes president, and we are hoping, and uh, it was going to be with uh, with Mark Waitman, and we're trying to find out more about him. I, I'd love, I want to know his story really too, which we we asked Mario, I think, how he got involved with the Alouettes, how he how Mark was brought back, and obviously to try to find out what's coming up with the Alouettes uh, in 2024, because there's a lot of things to celebrate. There really are. I mean, it's you know, the year after the Grey Cup. Uh, you got the 50th anniversary of the 1974 Grey Cup team. Uh, there's, so there's, there's going to be a lot of uh, cool questions and hopefully a lot of information that we can get from uh, from Mark next week. Yeah. So, folks, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, however you consume it, whether it's through YouTube, 
uh, any of the podcatchers out there, however you're consuming the Alouette's Flight Deck, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, if you're on YouTube, definitely leave a like, subscribe, uh, leave comments as well, because we, we check those out. We appreciate each and every one of you that contributes to this show. And that's truly the best way to stay informed and know when all these episodes are going to drop, because we want to make sure. like we're, we're, We have every intention of finishing this 2023 season with the biggest bang possible. The, the the fact that we were we get to celebrate a great cup win is absolutely fantastic. But I mean this this was one hell of a year. I mean it's from start to finish. I mean you like I'm all already my head is spinning just thinking about going all the way back to January when we first started learning some of the stuff that was starting to go down and we're just like what the hell and it just <laughs> from that moment to where we are today sitting as, you know, watching the Alouettes win the Grey Cup live is, is something that is still so incredible. It, it still is a lot to process. And you mean I you, actually have to write notes for next week's episode? God, you damn might, it. you might have to. You may have. <laughs> I, I may be grilling you a little bit to see where you, what your thoughts were on this, that, and the other. So, you, if you haven't already, and you know, folks, you too, it, you know, check out our archive alouettesflightdeck.ca head on over to youtube you know check out all of our flight deck lives make sure you get yourself caught up because this is a hell of a year uh, looking very much forward to talking with mark waitman about it and i'm sure he too has to be excited thrilled uh even a little dumbfounded as to how all of this came about and <clears throat> it's going to be a blast talking to him and sharing that with each and every one of you and being able to finally put the the period at the end of the sentence, that is this Montreal Alouette season that will not be soon forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Let, and also, let us know what's your favorite episode for this year. I know there's so many. There's at least there'll be at least thirty-seven. So, <laughs> but still, uh, it's, it's all for you guys, and we we really appreciate you. So, uh, we'll t- talk to you guys next week. Uh, so, everybody here, at the Alouette Flight Deck for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. Ron, final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.